Hey there, I'm Paulina Cameron, CEO of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. We educate, mentor, energize, and connect women entrepreneurs across Canada to be wildly successful, promoting strong economies and thriving communities. To learn more about our programs, visit us at fwe.ca. I am also thrilled to be your host for FWE's podcast, The Go-To, for entrepreneurs in the know, powered by Scotiabank. I interview inspiring guests who will share their journey of their business success and provide crucial pieces of advice that you can use to move your business forward today. This season, we're covering everything from branding to financials, sales, and organizational culture. As you listen to the season, ask yourself how you can use these learnings to take your business forward. Let's dive in. Conscious capitalism, triple bottom line, B Corp, values-based. These are some of the terms used today when we talk about businesses being more than just financial profits. Here in Canada, social enterprises, that is a for-profit company that counts social impact as one of its objectives, are gaining popularity. For consumers, we appreciate a business's efforts at making the world a better place. For businesses, they get a leg up over competition who may be focused solely on their shareholders' happiness. Can all companies be social enterprises? How do you become one? And how might it impact the health of a business or its financing and investment options? Joining me in studio today is Sonia Strobel, co-founder and CEO of Skipper Auto, a direct-to-consumer community-supported sustainable fishery. Sonia is an alumna of FW's programs and the winner of our 2018-19 Pitch for the Purse program. Welcome to the go-to, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me, Paulina. Skipper Auto's roots are with your father-in-law, Auto's fishing business, but has since evolved into a revolutionary business fighting against slavery in the industry and healthy for healthy fish stocks and for fishing families in BC. Tell us about how the transformation went from a small family fishery into what Skipper Auto is today and how has it impacted the business financially and operationally? Well, that's a great question. You know, you're right. We started Skipper Auto intentionally originally just as a way to help Auto out, my father-in-law Auto, uh, who was fishing in the industry and for, you know, 40 years and year after year, he, he couldn't make a living. The industry was, was so broken. So we saw all kinds of injustices in the industry that Auto was facing. So we, we thought to ourselves, maybe we could solve some of these problems if we pre-sold Auto's catch directly to end consumers. And really, that was really just the idea was just let's help with cash flow so that auto doesn't need to borrow money from the bank up front for this uncertain fishing season and um, pre-sell his catch. Um, so we had kind of, you know, just that, that in mind. Uh, it grew from there. That first year we had 40 members who pre-purchased auto's catch. But by the second year we had 200 members and it just sort of grew from there. And um, auto's friends who were waiting in the wings wanting to also get a fair price for their catch and, you know, to be treated with dignity and respect and to be honored for their sustainable catch. These other people were waiting in the wings and we said, well, it doesn't really make sense for each of them to take on all the logistics and all of the kind of overhead and the communications and all that of starting their own community supported fisheries. So what if we worked together? And so before we knew it, we had a sort of cooperative model uh, with uh, multiple fishing families. We now have over 30 fishing families and um, almost 3,000 members across Canada who who pre-purchased their catch. So really, you know, from a financial perspective and from a community perspective, it made sense for this to grow into sort of a cooperative model. 
So those values of community, I mean, they've been just baked in from your entire structure from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. That was really the entire basis was solving a problem, solving something that we saw was broken in the seafood industry. And so how could, how could, how could we fix that? And so, yeah, the model from the very beginning has been about that. So for an entrepreneur who's maybe just starting to think about incorporating a social aspect or its values into its business operations or its business model, what's the one thing you would want to share with them? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is like, just do it. You know, there's no downside to incorporating some your values really in the very articles of your company or in in the in the fabric of what you do. And I think that, um, you know, all businesses, whether they're like ours, where they start with, um, you know, a vision uh, for social justice at its core, or whether that's, you know, more peripheral to the business, I think that every business should start with their values you know, and then build out from there. So I really encourage anyone with a, with the social, whether it's social enterprise or not, any kind of business to start with, you know, a coach maybe, or to start by reading um, Traction. It's a great book that talks about starting with your values and then building out your 10 year plan and your three years and your 18 months. Um, I really encourage everyone to start with their values. And so maybe you might say that one of the values of your company is that you really believe people should be um, treated fairly. And so then you might find a way to bake that into kind of some of your HR practices with how people are remunerated. Um, But I think when you you start with that, the business is stronger. You have better buy-in from your customers whoever they may be because of your authenticity and you've mentioned a couple of resources so the book traction what are some other tools or resources that you've used to evolve into such a thriving and sustainable social enterprise mm-hmm. well I think one one of the really important things is for me was to embrace the fact that I don't know everything mm-hmm. and that I'm never going to know everything and that's okay that's not my job but my job is to gather around me all kinds of great smart bright wonderful people and resources and networks who do know everything and in doing that together we can strive toward a vision. So from, you know, from very early days, I encountered support networks that have been totally critical to us. So in the early days, uh, there was a program at UBC that was called the iHub, and it was a a venture accelerator program specifically for social ventures in our case. But I know Spring has some excellent programs like that. So, you know, look around the city, find a venture accelerator program. Um, SheEO has been a great resource for me. Um, And of course, here at FWE, I've had so much fantastic mentorship. And I think that those networks are my business community and that's what's really helped us propel the company along is is just reaching out into those networks it can feel like such a solo or lonely journey but it really does not need to be absolutely okay so sonia where can our audience find you online to continue to be inspired and sign up to be a customer well you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at skipper auto and we'd love to hear from you Thank you so much for joining us today, Sonia. I am deeply inspired by your business and the way you really live out your values. Thank Thank you. you Thank you so much, Paulina. It was great to be here. We're going to take a quick pause before we hear from our next guest. The go-to for entrepreneurs in the know is the outcome of a collaboration between FWE and the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Let's take a moment to hear from our generous sponsor. Hello, I'm Megan Terry, Senior Vice President of Global Communications, Culture, and Social Enterprise at Scotiabank. I'm also on the advisory board for the Scotiabank Women Initiative, an initiative that provides support for women-led businesses trying to help level the playing field. I'm very proud to talk to you today about what makes an effective corporate sustainability strategy. 
At Scotiabank, our sustainable business approach is focused on four areas where we believe we can have the greatest impact. Trust, climate change, economic inclusion, and young people. With attention on these topics, we build trust and create value for shareholders, customers, employees, communities, and the natural world. A good corporate sustainability strategy requires a focus on the environmental, social, and governance, or ESG issues, that are most material to your organization. And second, ambitious, measurable goals to track progress over time. Finally, a meaningful connection to the work your business does and why it matters to your people. Something that builds pride, engagement, and inspires customers and communities alike. Paulina, thank you for inviting me to speak. Thank you so much for all of your support. To learn more, please visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Let's get back into the studio. B Corp. Remember when I said that term earlier? It has nothing to do with bees, but everything to do with being. It's an official designation bestowed to businesses that balance purpose and profit. They are legally required to consider the impact of their decisions on their workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. In Quebec, the leader of the B Corp movement is none other than Natalie Valland, CEO of GI Quavadis, a real estate company with heart, if you will. Quavadis is preserving and restoring old architectural spaces, giving new life and purpose to them. As a place for small businesses to set up shop, for artists to get creative, and for communities to get together. What she took over from her father as a real estate company, she has since transformed into an industry leader, making positive change in her community. She is also a recent RBC Women of Influence Trailblazer Award winner. Congratulations, Natalie, and thank you so much for joining me on the phone today. Welcome to the go-to. Thank you, Paulina. So I love how you're transforming some really big historical spaces and adding purpose and breathing new life into them. So tell us who and what inspired you to also repurpose Quavadis from the real estate company that it originally was to the thriving B Corp that it is today. Thanks. Um, my dad started the company initially as a way to take historical buildings and reconvert them into entrepreneurial hubs. Um, we did that uh, starting in 1993, uh, and we took these old heritage buildings and gave them a new life because a lot of um, jobs were lost in the area when these buildings were closed. Uh, we also feel that to have a good quality environment, people need good jobs, and having good jobs needs good environments for working conditions. Um, when we bought Salo, which is actually a, an old church, we reconverted it into working with the community and trying to figure out how to use heritage buildings with an economic model that would help regenerate the community through business models. Mm. So what started as a regular real estate company turned out to our B Corp status today, which we have been recertified three times, where we believe in people, profit and planet all on equal ground levels to be able to make all of the decisions in our company um, from A to Z. So we use real estate as a force of good to try to help rebuild communities and entrepreneurs that hire uh, people in the area to create meaningful employment. So it sounds like you really worked on those core values and bringing them to life through that business. I think that for us, um, I used to be a social worker and going into the real estate world um, was, was a big shift. There was clearly different values being a social worker than there are uh, 
being a, a real estate developer. Um, so I decided that there was no way that I was going to change my values just because I changed industries. And I think that 25 years later, uh, we're really pushing the envelope and realizing that all businesses can have silver, social purposes. We don't need to, uh, you know, do all kinds of awful things in the business world and then create philanthropy on the side. We can actually have mission aligned businesses that create the change that we seek. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be that sacrifice or trade-off there. Okay, so you're a woman in a pretty male-dominated industry, and you're a leader of the B Corp movement in Quebec, and you also speak and advise to others around the world, including at Harvard, on the work that you do. So what resources or tools did you use to, one, make Quavadis the success of a social enterprise that it is, and two, to support yourself as a leader? I think that uh, in real estate, the the resources that we really have are the people that are around us, whether it be the tenants that influence and and, and look up to us and realize that it's really important what we're doing uh, to to my team, which I have to say I might have the best team on the planet, (laughs) uh, only because everybody that is in this company is mission aligned that we've all joined forces to say that we're going to do something different totally by accident most of my directorship were all women Um, usually I find that women hack each other to pieces but it seems that when we're together working for a common mission uh, we do some really great work Mm -hmm. and so being in real estate as a woman um, has been challenging because it's not that uh, we have different opinions or values it's really just the credibility Mm -hmm. so we went out early on and made sure that Uh, We won awards. Um, We had bankers that believed in us. We had um, investors that believed in us. Those were our tools that we needed to be able to um, expand to the 1.5 million square feet that we have today. And we're about to double again. So I think that um, we need to turn around and see things differently that besides being a woman or a man, um, I think it's interesting just to be able to stick to your values and, and shove forward and surround yourself with people that you absolutely adore, that you're willing to fight for and fight with. That's right. You don't need to be going at it alone. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the one thing that you would tell other women entrepreneurs like you who want to do business differently, who want to challenge their industry or their community? I don't think I woke up one day and said I want to challenge people, but I can tell you that probably since I'm a kid, I, I constantly change rules. And initially, it was considered a troublemaker, and now I guess it's called a trailblazer. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is is that um, I think that people think changing the world is easy, mm. and it's not. And I think that people look at the 25 years and say that you're an overnight success. Um, I think that people who are maybe starting out in a different industry and trying to make things a little bit different as an entrepreneur, whether you're a woman or a man, mm-hmm. if you're trying to do something that's different, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you understand that it's hard and that it's worth it. So climbing that hill, once you get to the top, you realize that it's all been worth it when you look back and realize um, how far you've come. But what we have is an absolute rule in our company is to set and celebrate the small successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end, it, it, it takes too long to win the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's those little things that, that we can do well along the way um, are, are really important to, to surround yourself and realize, yes, it's hard, but it's worth it. And we can keep going and we could pivot and we could keep going because it's worth it in the end. So I think that I would have liked someone to tell me early on 
that this is really hard, but if it was so easy, it would have been done already. So mm. you're first to the stake, you know, you're, 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 you're changing the way for other people to do things differently. And if we can create social impact in real estate, then really every industry can do it. Um, <laughs> so we just kind of want to be able to tell the stories. Uh, not only the fun Facebook successes where you're cutting ribbons of projects, but actually, you know, some of the things that were really hard and share those hard stories because um, I don't think that we do that enough. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about failure, which I'm not a huge fan of. I, I feel much more interesting in realizing that, you know, I, I go down one way and it didn't work, but I keep going. Mm -hmm. Failure is only just giving up, right? So mm -hmm. we don't give up. We just keep changing and moving and adjusting um, because ultimately the goal is to make better communities that are sustainable in whichever city you're in. Whereas you know that it's going to be hard and that it's worth it, I think it's really important to also pace yourself. Um, take one step at a time and realize that it's, it's worth it in the end. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us. It's a huge pleasure to speak with you today. And I wish you all of the ribbon-cutting ceremonies <laughs> ahead. <laughs> thank you. That's a wrap. A big thank you to Sonia and Natalie for joining us today. We would also like to thank everyone who has helped make the go-to a reality. From the incredible team at FWE who worked on all of the logistics, to Self Hired, our amazing production team, to Hummingbird Translations who are translating our podcast so you can also listen in French, and of course to Scotiabank Women Initiative, our generous sponsor for this FWE podcast. You can learn more at their website at scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to listen to the rest of season one. You can find all of the resources our guests mention on our website at fwe.ca. We know it takes a village to build a business, so share your learnings on Instagram at FWE Canada to help other entrepreneurs become wildly successful. See you next time.